0: People
1: change, people change. Hello everybody, this is Noah, and welcome to Change Talk, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are thinking about change and are open to talking about it. In this week's episode, we are joined by Michelle Hammer. Michelle is a schizophrenia activist in New York City and creator and founder of the company Schizophrenia NYC, a clothing line with the mission of reducing stigma by starting conversations about mental health. In addition to coming on to discuss her work in smashing the stigma surrounding schizophrenia and other mental illnesses, Michelle also discusses with me the ways that imposter syndrome comes up in her life And her desire to be proud of her work and her contribution to mental health advocacy. Thanks for listening, enjoy, and may Michelle's Change Talk in some small way inspire your own. Please note that this podcast is not therapy. Seek professional help if needed. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Change Talk. I am with my new friend here, Michelle. From. Hello. It's nice to meet you, Michelle. Uh, I will let. You- How about I let you introduce yourself?
0: Oh really? Okay. Well, um, I'm Michelle Hammer. I live in New York City. I came up with the clothing line Schizophrenic NYC Mental Health Clothing Line to try to change the way that New York City sees mental health especially the mentally ill homeless, donate a portion of the province to help them out. And really, I'm just trying to start the conversation about mental health, and it's up to everybody else to just continue it.
1: Right, so you that, that's your thing. You're in a big metropolis with a lot going yes. on, and you are a voice of yes. mental health advocacy in New York City. Mm-hmm. So do you want to share a little bit about your personal experiences with mental health as sort of a frame for this? Because I know that that's a part of Of the work that you're doing,
0: yeah, sure. Where would you like me to begin?
1: Talk to me, I guess, a little bit about um, your experiences with mental health uh, and how it sort of has led you to do what you're doing now.
0: Sure. Um, So, at 18, I was diagnosed with bipolar, but at 22, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia when I was more open and honest with my doctor and. Um, I worked for about five years in all kinds of graphic and web design industries in New York City, and I struggled keeping a job just because of symptoms of having schizophrenia. It 's pretty hard to wake up in the morning, do the nine to six grind, and it 's a lot on a, um, on a mind that's that just struggles a lot. So I decided I wanted to start working for myself when I realized that you know, I'm on a subway one day and I I looked down the car and there's a guy talking to himself who's homeless. And I kind of like thought, you know, what's the difference between me and this guy? Because I talk to myself all the time.
1: Mm. And I kind
0: of realized that, you know, I have a support network of my family, my friends and my doctor. And if I didn't, that homeless dude talking to himself, I could be just right there next to him homeless as well. So I kind of wanted to do something that would raise awareness and support the mentally ill homeless community and i started schizophrenic nyc i had no idea really anything about fashion anything that i was doing i just knew i was an artist and i was like i'm just gonna tell the world that i have schizophrenia and that i'm trying to make a difference and that's what i did i just did and people really commended me about it and no one really said any mean things well to my face that is so it's, it's just been a ride and um this summer was interesting, but I usually pop up a lot with like just my, the clothing line and all kinds of stuff on the streets of New York City. And I talked to tons and tons and tons of people from all over the world. And usually whenever I tell people that I have schizophrenia, they tell me that either they have a friend with a mental illness, they have a mental illness, or a family member has a mental illness. So it kind of just makes me think, why is there so much stigma if everyone has a connection to it? It doesn't make any sense. So that's really what I'm trying to do. If we could all just, you know talk about it, start the conversation about it, then stigma will reduce.
1: Right. And you're doing that even if nobody else is talking about it, but that's not the case. People are talking about it. You are embodying this change by talking about it right now. Yes. As as we're speaking. Literally. Right.
0: When I first, when I first started this clothing line, there was really nobody doing, nobody really speaking about any, anyone with schizophrenia. It was like, You heard about Ellen Sachs. You heard about John Nash, and then you just heard about caregivers. Right. So it was just a whole new, fresh voice on the whole thing, you know?
1: Yeah, and and I, you know, even for myself in the work I do as a therapist, I don't. I only worked with people with schizophrenia. Was in the uh, criminal justice system, which is a whole other discussion. I worked in a forensic unit. It was really. I think that this is, you know, people have more of an understanding about anxiety and depression um, because it's sort of more normative, if you will. Are you comfortable at all just sort of sharing with us what it's like to live actually with these things going on, whatever your symptoms are? What's it like to be Michelle um, from the perspective of having and experiencing schizophrenia symptoms?
0: It's a hard question to answer. I I mean, I take seven medications daily to calm my brain down. So symptoms aren't what they used to be. But what happens is just thoughts will just plague my mind over over and over and over and over and they won't go away. And then if I'm really delusional and hallucinating, I'll start like almost a TV screen in front of my face where I'll just see the same situation go on and on over and over and on and on and over and over and over. And it just doesn't end and it doesn't end and it doesn't end. And sometimes people are yelling. Sometimes people are mad. Sometimes people are happy and it's just kind of, you have to deal with actual reality when fake reality is trying to push through basically.
1: Right. So it's kind of
0: a mind game all the time.
1: Right you know that, that that's not happening in the world outside of you, but it's very much happening in your inner world. So some people just have distressing thoughts. Like I do a lot with intrusive thoughts that take people out of the out of their world completely. Um, mm-hmm. But it's their the contents of their own mind. So obviously this isn't, you know, you have that understanding, that awareness, but it just takes over. Uh, yeah, so definitely. Over. It takes over definitely. the world. So, how would you sort of differentiate between having intrusive thoughts? Like everybody sort of has thoughts raced through their head. Um, people have conversations with themselves all the time. People are thinking and rethinking. What is that like compared to what you're describing, which is seeing and hearing something?
0: The difference is like, what is that voice telling you to do and what is it really saying? Is it telling you to hurt people? Is it telling you to hurt yourself? Is it telling you to kill yourself? I think the difference is like, you know, everybody might have a conversation with themselves now and then, but does the conversation stop when other people are in the room? does, do the voices go away when other people are around? The whole thing is that you might be on a room full of people, but in your head, it keeps going around and around and around. It's so intrusive that you can't focus on the reality around you because you're too busy in your head and everyone around you is like, what's going on? And I'm like, I just can't, I can't focus now because it's too loud in my head right now and I can't be present. Right.
1: Right. So it's just this heightened version of we're all sort of in busy mind, distracted, all these things. And we're all trying to focus on that. And mm-hmm. this is w- w- the struggle is that it's sort of amplified very high. Um, yes, very, brain. very
0: high, amplified. And if anything is just any kind of stress will just bring it on. Yeah. Just frustrating.
1: Right. When you do have those symptoms, so obviously you're on certain medications right now, that mm-hmm. do they sort of prevent the experience of seeing? things in front of you like a movie screen is that sort of what it what it's able to yeah
0: they just pretty much they they just calm the brain down so it's basically if i had a brain running around all over the place it's just like a big blanket on top and it's like go to bed thoughts thoughts just go to sleep right then i can
1: live so the
0: thoughts are sleeping and i can live
1: yes because otherwise it's just like full it's like Mm -hmm. Is it like a busy house? Like it's like a chaotic household?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Just like non, just nonstop all the time. Go, 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 go. And then I can't get anything done at all. Because if I try to get anything done, there's just too many things like, oh God, we have to do this over here. And then if I do that, then I have to do this. And then I have to do this. And then I have to do this and this. And And then in my head, now I have a hundred things to do when really all I had to do was clean out maybe that drawer.
1: Right. Like it will right. never be
0: done. Nothing will ever be done because now I have to do everything, 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 everything.
1: <laughs> right. Becomes,
0: everything piles up into a whole big thing of like overwhelmedness. Like I just can't even complete anything, any right. task.
1: Right, right, right. And that's where it's just sort of slowing down and and and, and the medication obviously helps a lot with that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll only keep us on this part for another moment, but I'm really just, for, especially for people um, out there, you know, when you say you're hearing something right talk about the stigmas what do you think the stigmas are is that people think that it's that you're going to act on these voices that you're hearing that like what what is stigma when it comes to schizophrenia
0: thing is, like, everybody hears the word schizophrenia, and they automatically think you're a dangerous, horrible, just scary person. Right. And when really, that's not true at all. When you have a mental illness, you are more likely to be the victim of assault than to actually be the perpetrator of assault. And when people say things like, oh, thank God I have bipolar and not schizophrenia, I, like, almost laugh at them because I'm like, hey, well, I'm more stable than you, so, <laughs> ah because I I, you know whatever you want to call it high functioning schizophrenia sure but like it's just it's just so stigmatized this word and I think it's because of like media portrayals like on criminal minds or or
1: totally when I think of the prejudices I have when I hear that word it's that people are going to be out of control and like turn and do something totally out of character like an instability and unpredictability is sort of the stereotypes I have in my head.
0: Yeah, recently I, re- I met my, my friend's best friend who was from out of town. And he said to me, you know, I thought you were going to be so crazy. You're totally normal. <laughs> and I was like, I really don't know how to respond. I didn't respond to that. Like, what was I supposed to say to that? I was like, mm, okay. Right. Okay. I right. guess that's a compliment. I guess he was complimenting me, but it wasn't really a compliment. Right. Because you thought I was going to be crazy? Just right. going, what, of my diagnosis? Like, we FaceTimed so many times, yet you were afraid to meet me because of my diagnosis and thought I right. was crazy? Are you serious, right. dude? Right. Like, what are you talking about?
1: And then, like, but p- p- part of me then when I hear that is, like, you know, they're, they're actually asking. They're, like, they're not just, like, like, hiding it and being, like, afraid of it and not saying anything. It's, like, at least they're acknowledging, like, oh, this was what I was thinking and this is kind of silly that I'm thinking this.
0: I get what you're saying, but like, people just have such like like misconstrued things, right? Like, I, even just like one thing, like when I was first diagnosed, my mom was like, "Oh, I told this person about you. I told this oh, person about you." Oh, and gosh. then she was like, "I told Margo about you because she told me what what happened with her son. You know what happened with Margo's son? He was a meth head. Oh, I was like, really? Yeah. So you can. Yeah, okay. Okay." Right. I I see, I see what kind of category you're putting me in and I'm not loving it. Right. Yeah.
1: So how do you, how have you developed a sense of self that transcends the projections that people put onto you? Because you have made this decision. A lot of people do not talk about their mental health struggles. Uh, You have made the decision to make it a part of your brand in life. So how, is, how, is, I, how has that impacted your ability to live, the fact that you embrace who you are so so much?
0: I think it, it makes my life so much better because I don't feel like I have a secret anymore. Because before, I was like, I have this secret. It's such a big secret. If people find out about my secret, they're going to find out all these scary things. They're going to think all this about me. So it was kind of like almost stigmatizing myself. And then I was like, I'm so done with this secret. I just want everyone to know already. Right. Why why does it have to be a secret? Why do I have to shame myself? Don't tell anyone. You know, no, I could tell anyone I want. So right. why, I mean, not telling people is like almost as bad as Well, that's a you know, part of the symptom. In the that's first
1: That's yeah. you internalizing what 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 you've been told about what that means about you. Right. Saying, yeah, don't it's tell something anyone. to hide. Yeah, I don't right.
0: And even like, 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 my doctor was like, "Are you sure you want to tell everyone with this?" And I was like, "Yes, I do." He's like, "Are you sure you want to tell everyone?" And I was like, "Yes, I want to tell everybody." This is so stupid already. This is so yeah. dumb that it's a big secret. That's just it doesn't make any sense.
1: Right, right. And I think that this mental health awareness is kind of moving in in stages in some way. And I know that you're doing more than just talk. It's not just about schizophrenia. It's about mental health in general. Um, yes. So share with us a little bit about the clothing line. And I want to ask you, first of all, you know, so yeah, on a daily basis, what's, what's a day like for you? I know that we're in COVID times right now, so maybe it's a little bit different, but what, what is life like for you on a daily basis? How do you spend your time?
0: How do I spend my time? Well, I wake up in the morning, have some coffee, try to take my meds, check my emails, see if I have any orders, Put right. the packages together, go to the post office, mail them, come back home. I don't know, have lunch, have dinner, chill out, watch TV or Netflix. I watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. It was terrifying. Um, then I go to bed. I'm a pretty normal person, really. Right.
1: Well, I just, but even in the sense of how you do spend your time in business, like, do you do the designs yourself? Do you
0: oh, I come up with yeah, the slogans? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Like the slogans I came up with, like at first I just had, rorschach tests and the whole thing you know a rorschach test yeah. is the ink blood test and it's usually plain black the yeah. idea is when you get a person with schizophrenia to look at that plain black test you're going to see it from a different perspective so i switched up the patterns and the colors so now everyone's forced to look at it through a different perspective getting you to think differently and start the discussion because along with your discussion can you reduce your end stigma so first it was just the rorschach test and then the tagline was don't be paranoid you look great and then people <laughs> thought that was pretty funny so then i put it on a shirt And then people wanted more like lines. And I was like, okay, well, let's make, it's not a delusion. You are incredible. I was like, okay, that's cool one. And then, you know, people always like new things. So then we came up with define normal because the first time I went or brought myself to a therapist, he's kind of like, well, what can I do for you? And I was like, I just want to be normal. And he was like, well, you know, what is, what is, what is normal? And I was like, trying to figure out the definition of normal ever since, you know, what is it? And then I realized there is still in therapy for that. No, there's no normal. Right. And almost if you say you're normal, you're not normal. And then we had a protest, when it was last year, there was always like, every shooting that happened was because of mental illness and not because of gun problems, says the news. So we made a, we had a protest that was called, I'm mentally ill and I don't kill. So we got that shirt and walking around wearing that shirt, you get a lot of looks, but that's yeah. the whole point. Start the conversation.
1: Right.
0: And we can continue it. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So so it. When
0: I thought the with the TSA with this shirt on, they were like, huh, okay.
1: Right. Yeah. So there's a strategic element to the it raises mental health awareness, but you but you have like symbolism in in the design that's sort of like let's yeah. open the conversation. Let's let's use fashion, not only like let's use fashion to make to bring a message, to bring a conversation. Because yeah. like, it's such a shirt that you don't see. So someone will be like, what is that shirt about? Yes,
0: uh, seriously. They're going to be like, what in the world is that shirt about? Or right. if I wear the define right. normal shirt, people are just like, I'll define it for you. My <laughs> uncle's an English professor. He's like, you want me to define normal? Give me a dictionary. And I'm like, <laughs> right. you don't get it. Yeah. English professors, <laughs> they don't get the joke.
1: <laughs> so, right. In terms of the, some of the most meaningful parts of your job do you want to share like a story of that really touched you about the work that you've done that's really helped somebody if you could think of all the time that you've spent is there something that stands out as like this is kind of why I do this thing
0: um well well one time I was in my pop-up shop and these two girls approached me and they said that their mom has schizophrenia So they were, like, wondering, like, what is life like for their mother? And it just kind of put me in, like, a situation, like, wow, these girls want me to explain life, what what life was like for their mom. And it just was, like, took me, like, a second, like, am I really the right person to ask this to? But I have schizophrenia, so I guess I am the right person to ask this to. And this is... And what would it be like to have a schizophrenic mother in the first place? It just put me in a whole interesting situation in my mind. And I mean, I tried to talk to them the best I could, but it just kind of made me like think a lot just because like they said they didn't live with their mother. And then it just made me like just understand things differently. Like, you know, that schizophrenia doesn't just affect you, but it really does affect the people all around you as well. So right. it really just it, it, it gave me a lot to think about.
1: And, and it kind of shows that people are, by you doing what you're doing, people are looking to you to provide guidance in some way or model or an yeah. example, or, you know, this might be the first time they're having conversations about this with other people. Um, right. And so you don't know how that's also impacting them.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the last thing I want to ask you about is just sort of, Obviously, it's when the noise is ramped up, when it's all over the place and it's, it's you know, it's hard to focus, hard to get, to get things together. It can be difficult. What would you say is the sort of greatest strength that you have um, that comes from your struggles with schizophrenia?
0: I guess the, the, the greatest strength to come out of my experience is really just to enjoy life for what it is and not really just not be angry that I have schizophrenia and understand that, that things just happen the way they are and just to embrace myself. And I always say that getting diagnosed was the best thing that ever happened to me because now I could be treated for the right illness. So I think it was just really self-acceptance. And mm-hmm. once I learned to accept myself, I learned to love myself. And when you learn to love yourself, then other people can learn to love you.
1: Right. So you've just really accepted yourself a lot more because you, and and that's a huge thing also getting the right support. Like that's a, that's a big, that's a big thing that you have access to. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for that. I appreciate you sharing that. I hope that people can check out the work that you're doing um, and continue to have these kinds of conversations with people and also get access to proper understanding. It's very sad that people have the sort of perceptions that we all do from from popular culture um, yeah totally so let's move into the change talk um
0: move into it
1: let's move into it so talk to me a little bit about um, something that you want to change improve make better
0: yeah so something i want to change is the fact that i have imposter syndrome and do you want to define imposter syndrome
1: i want i do you want to define it for me
0: I can Google it for you.
1: So why don't, yeah, maybe, well, we can get the Google definition. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> Imposter syndrome. Let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. A psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishment and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Right. Wow.
0: So, I don't know. I, I, I mean... I have imposter syndrome. I try not to, but I do. I mean, I, I I was in a WebMD documentary. I've I've been in magazines. I sell on the street. I've made to, I've made money off my business. I've owned my own business yet. You always have that feeling like you don't deserve what you have. Or you could be doing more or you're not doing enough or mm somebody else is doing better than you. It's like a, like maybe always like a competition with myself or something like that. But, you know, no matter how much I do or great things that happen, I kind of have that feeling that, you know, I'm just not the best person or mm-hmm. I don't deserve anything or I just – Your success isn't like, real. Is real. It's like I feel like my success comes from nothing. Yeah. But – other people around me are like, you're so successful. Look what you do. You went to the Netherlands to give a TED talk. And I'm like, "That no, you don't understand. But this and this and this. Yeah. So I, I have that problem. Which yeah. I need to just get over already. Right. But that's you- definitely something that I struggle with. You know? And I don't right. know if that's like schizophrenia, a little voice in my head saying, you know, you suck, you suck, you suck. But I don't know. But I, I think I just need to like give my pat myself a pat on the back and be like, "You're doing good work, you're doing right. good work
1: right you know so you you're you've obviously built a successful business, you've been doing this for years, you've spoken across the world, you have a brand, you have income, this is your career, you're providing a lot of value, and yet there's this part of you that says you know it's not earned, it's not deserved it's it's not real it's it's whatever. And that's just sort of at the back of the, like kind of buzzing around. Yes. Always. Yes. Always. So, so what does that actually look like on, like, do you, can you recall like a moment recently where that happened to you?
0: Um, I mean, I look at my WebMD video on YouTube and I'm like, 600,000 views. (laughs) That's not a million. It's not good enough.
1: Yeah. It's pretty yeah. small, right?
0: Well, that's what I do. That's what I do. 600,000, that's not a million. That's not yeah. two million. That's not three million. No. <laughs> no, I didn't do good enough. No, no.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. And, the, and like, and then do you get, so so that's in kind of just comes in and says, oh, that's should be better. So that's sort of like, it, it, in a way that's not really, it sounds like not always imposter syndrome, but more like, I'm not, I'm just not good enough what, with what I'm doing right well, now. Yeah,
0: Cause I see sometimes other people with schizophrenia having videos and like, they have a million views. Yeah. I'm not as good as them.
1: Yeah. You're not as good as them. They, they have yeah. way more going on. Right. So that's the, the WebMD video comes up and it says that, and, and, and how does that sort of impact you? Do you sort of like, when you go through a little bit of a spiral of that, how, how does that really impact you after some time? the sort of those thoughts
0: uh, it's frustrating but then i get motivated to do more things like right. this podcast
1: right like you yeah. just like then you take on the more because you know
0: yeah just keep doing stuff if i just keep myself busy especially during this quarantine everybody has a podcast now
1: yeah everybody yeah, yeah. has
0: a podcast now so Have you yeah. been
1: doing a lot of podcast interviews
0: a bunch i've been doing a few yeah. and i started one with my friend this whole uh it's a If it's a podcast, but it's on video on YouTube, what would you even call it?
1: Uh, A vlog? A a video log? A vlog? A YouTube a a show? A talk show? A podcast? I have
0: one with my other friend. We call it Schizophrenia and the City.
1: You can check it out on YouTube. Yes, it's
0: fun, it's fun but is it on know? the
1: podcast as well? Is it on podcast? Well,
0: we don't. it's not technically a podcast. It's not on like iTunes or anything. It's just on YouTube.
1: But what I'm saying is like, you could easily put that on. To, like you could easily. Yes,
0: yes. I can.
1: So We're going to do that eventually. Yes, it's a plan. It is an I interesting know. name. But so
0: that's one thing that I'm doing to get out of the imposter syndrome is just right. to work more. Just keep working, you know?
1: Right. Go, so, go, go, go. So Right. So, so you have levels of imposter syndrome where you just don't feel like you're good enough. There's people more talented, people doing better things. You do all this amazing stuff. It still comes up, but what do you think it, what do you, why do you think that having this imposter syndrome helps you? Cause the way that you're talking right now is like, it's kind of like that person. It's like the person who gets like told they're never going to amount to anything in their life. And then And then because of that, they keep that voice in their head. And they're like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Whether it was like a teacher in grade five or something like that. The way you're talking about it is like the imposter syndrome comes up and it's like, I'm going to prove that wrong and I'm going to raise my game.
0: I get that. But then even if I do do more work, I still feel like it's not enough.
1: Right. So it's perpetual dissatisfaction.
0: Exactly. And you you nailed it right on the head there. Perpetual dissatisfaction.
1: Perpetual dissatisfaction. But what I'm saying is the reason why I'm bringing that up is just to acknowledge that. Is that a fair thing of saying that the reason why you're doing that, the part of the reason why it helps you is because it it sort of serves as a fuel and a motivator. I'm not saying it's good for you in the long run, but but it is sort of like the first thing you do to sort of motivate yourself in a way.
0: Yes, yes, yes. It definitely is a motivator. It is a motivator, but it still bums me out.
1: It still bums you out. Because it takes yeah. away from the appreciation of the work that you're doing, which, yes. is, which is great. So and anything else comes up as like sort of benefit-wise that you get out of having this imposter syndrome have a central part in your sort of identity in the work you do?
0: I wouldn't say so, really. Um... I I think it really, it's just the motivation to work more, motivation to make more connections in the field, motivation to um, keep going, I guess.
1: Keep going, make more connections, produce more. um, Yeah. Be better as uh, in that part of your identity. Um, Yeah. So so nothing else.
0: Would you say that that's better than thinking I'm the greatest of all time? And not being the greatest of all time
1: right like right so so that's the whole thing about self-esteem the criticism of self-esteem in some sense because it's like everyone's all about like not having enough self-esteem which can be i don't want to get into the whole you know what my thoughts are but but basically not thinking you're good enough and then thinking but what if you think you're too good and you're totally off base and can't see how you could improve right right yeah like that's like, like
0: what what is like you know all these podcasts approach me and i was like i'm too good for them
1: yeah right
0: yeah. what does that do for me that doesn't do anything for me except make me look like an idiot and it doesn't it doesn't help anyone yeah but like find out about my brand yeah <laughs> which is really my life
1: exactly gotta, right
0: so i like oh i'm just too fancy to do silly right. podcasts. that doesn't <laughs> do anything you know so the an imposter talk- yeah It's fun to talk to people. It's fun to make new friends. It's fun to try your hardest at what you're doing. So I don't know, keep trying hard. Maybe one day I'll be proud of myself.
1: (laughs) But then that's another reason. So imposter syndrome, the way you just described it protects you from over being so arrogant and haughty and high minded that you don't have time for, for people like Noah who, uh, who are just starting out making a podcast and connecting with the mental health advocacy world. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so it keeps you humble in a way. Keeps
0: me humble.
1: Yeah. Keeps so, me humble. So imposter syndrome is, a, is, a, is, a, is just a check that uh, not to let check. your ego rise to the, you know, take over the room in a way.
0: Yes. Yes. But it also gets me very jealous.
1: <laughs> okay. So we're going to get into that. So we've given some space, though, to acknowledge that imposter syndrome makes you better at what you do in a way. We're not, we're going to get into how it doesn't, but it makes you. Want to do more, be better, accomplish more, uh, be more active, and also protects you from that arrogant uh, "I'm better than everybody, I'm great, I don't need to be better" kind of mentality. Yes. Got it. So then, wh- why do you want to change this part of yourself or this relationship you have with being an imposter sy- with imposter syndrome?
0: Because, because I just I just want to love myself more. I think yeah. I need to realize that my hard work does pay off. You know, I've worked from 10 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, selling clothes on the street, making a lot of money. So I just need to like, I, and you know, accept that I do the right things so I could just stop getting jealous of other people. I don't know why would I be jealous of other people when they're not doing the right, doing what I'm doing, but (laughs) you need to get over it. Just get over it already. Like whatever.
1: Right. So part of it is, but that's just what you mentioned though. My, I have a reaction of like from 10 to 11, it's like a very long day. It's like almost your whole waking life um, can be like related to your brand or a yeah. lot of your waking time.
0: I, when I used to have a pop-up shop in little Italy, I did that many nights.
1: Right. So you were just yeah. working like very, like almost all the time like five, six days a week kind of thing?
0: It was usually on, on weekends, what I would do oh, a pop-up shop, but yeah. I remember one day I had like a great day and my went straight to a, my friend's party after. And I had like wads of cash in my pocket. <laughs> and this guy was there who I happened to know was adopted by billionaires. And he starts talking to me about my clothing line, showing me stock photos, to put on my shirts like wouldn't that be cool wouldn't that be cool to sell wouldn't that be cool to sell and I was like you know what's really annoying and he goes well I go unsolicited advice I told you my business was doing well so stop telling me what to do and leave me alone <laughs> why do people always have to put their two cents into everything yeah.
1: leave me alone especially when you're off and you just want to enjoy yourself after the day right
0: yeah. I'm like I had a great day today why are you why are you showing me a stock photo to put on a shirt <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You you are a billionaire by adoption. Shut up.
1: <laughs> oh God!
0: Just a little mini rent right there. Mini did it rant, work? Mini did it rant. work?
1: Did he? Did he? Did he back off?
0: I, I I got up and walked away.
1: Okay, so you didn't say any of that.
0: No, I said that to
1: him. Oh, you said that. <laughs> well, not that,
0: not that not you're a billionaire yeah. part. But whatever. I just yeah. said. I kind of just said. My, I told you my business was doing well, and then nice. I was like, whatever. Right. Let
1: right so so it's exactly so the first thing about the impulsion that's getting in the way of your life is just it's preventing you from smelling the roses a little bit more um Mm -hmm. pausing enjoying appreciating taking moments to say hey wow this like i've done really good here i'm appreciative of this fact
0: for sure definitely Yeah. yeah you're hitting on the head
1: and and that obviously and then So that's frustrating. And then this jealousy, talk about the jealousy a little bit. It makes you, it it leads you to jealousy because it's, I'm lacking something. These people are not lacking something.
0: It's just like, I think the jealousy is almost a little bit normal jealousy, but it's like, you know, when you see other people with your illness getting different, whatever, like advocacy work. Yeah. But really, I don't know. We all kind of work together, but we all kind of do different things. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm competitive. I'm just competitive and always want to be the best. Right. But
1: you want to be the best Support
0: everyone. I I support everybody, (laughs) but I want to be the best.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. So, so obviously natural to feel that jealousy, but, but again, it is part of it, part of it because you're focusing on, your lacking. So you're looking out and seeing, well, look at all these people who have way more than I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. A- anything else coming up that it's like, if I wasn't ta- being taken over by this, or it wasn't getting in the way of my life more, it, things would be better?
0: Well, I wish some people would leave advocacy, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> okay. No, but in terms of the imposter syndrome, like how else would it make your life better if it wasn't taking over so much or getting in the way?
0: I think I would be happier. I think I'd be happier if it wasn't getting in the way.
1: Yeah.
0: Honestly, but.
1: So just contentment overall.
0: Yeah. Just, 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 you know, when you're just not satisfied, I think it's annoying, you know, when you're just not satisfied with yourself.
1: Right. Right. And, and so again, um, it's not to say, and part of the reason why I brought up why it's benefiting you to have this sort of imposter syndrome is that maybe there's a way to to still be striving for to be the best, but also being able to appreciate more what it is that you're doing at any given stage of of the work that you've been doing.
0: Most definitely.
1: And that's the sort of balance that you that you're trying to keep. So practically speaking, because this is a big topic and a lot of this, these thoughts are kind of natural and out of your control just like on the spur of the moment, like automatic thoughts that come up are like kind of hard to to control and take, take grasp of. So how do you see yourself improving um, or interacting with the world differently um, that would indicate that maybe imposter syndrome doesn't need to take over as much space in my life? Like, how do you want to improve this? What's a step that you can take that helps you improve, so to speak, your imposter syndrome?
0: I think I just need to take a look around and see everything I've done and realize that I get a lot of messages from people telling me that I help them a lot and that a lot of people do reach out to me. A lot of people ask me a lot of questions. And if they're asking me questions, it's because they think that I can help them in some way and I've inspired them in some way. And pretty much just look from the outside in. And Mm. I think outsiders you know when I get emails and sometimes I'll respond back they kind of say I can't believe you responded to me you probably get so many emails I should understand like wow people really do think very highly of me so maybe I should start thinking more higher of myself so I really just need to look at the facts and stop you know blaming just the blame game or something
1: yeah so just you you said it like stepping outside a little bit like no, looking at what someone else would think about you. Um, mm-hmm. If they, if, or you, what you would think about somebody else is doing all the things that you're doing and the value you're yes. providing. Yes. So could be like a little moment to like step out of that, or like, a, like in, yeah. in small ways. Um, yeah, that sounds interesting. Do you think, how, how would that, again, because I, I tried it with this change talk, I always try to like really break it down to like the most reducible, way that you could just in some small way Im- improve this part of your life. And it sounds like maybe taking an outsider perspective can help. Um, so part of it can be like taking moments to appreciate more what you do and how you spend your time. But what about when they do come up? How do you want to handle or relate to them when they do, when they do sort of get in there?
0: Um, I think I just need to shake it off, get over it. And listen to some music.
1: Shake it off, get over it, yeah. and listen to music. So to shake, shake it, off, it off being like, just be like, oh, those are the imposter syndrome thoughts coming up or something like that.
0: Yeah, just, just know that it's really just not real. Yeah. Yeah, like realizing that my paranoia wasn't real. Realize yeah. that this imposter syndrome aren't real thoughts either. And once I can realize that, then I can push it away and get on with my life.
1: Right, so just even... Like noticing those cluster of thoughts and just being like imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, unsatisfied thoughts. Just go away, thoughts, go away.
1: Right, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just sort of, again, stepping a little bit outside, either noticing from other people's perspectives and then what you just said about something that you can really do when they do come up is just, okay, just like my work with paranoia, paranoid thoughts, okay, these thoughts are coming up. I don't have to listen to them. I don't have to let them dictate. I'm going to keep going back to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Got it. Exactly. Okay. So do you think like, how do you, th- do you think you'll do that? Maybe. Maybe.
0: Maybe I can try. You can try. Um, I think maybe something that will help me when I start getting those thoughts would just be like, Remember the people that you speak to on the street. Remember all the videos that you've made with different companies. Rem- remember
1: the remember what you've, you've done. Remember, remember what I've done. Remember who you've helped. Remember, remember your contributions. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that can just like, again, it's not to say that then you're not going to be that highly competitive, motivated. That's what's gotten you here. You don't want to like, give that up. There's no need to give that up. There's no, there's no need to give up that part of yourself. It's just maybe taking more moments to just saying, I remember your accomplishments when those thoughts come up, you know, remember your, your contributions.
0: Exactly.
1: Cool. Cool. So, So thank you for sharing that. I think that people are many ways struggling with the imposter syndrome and what you've sort of brought to the table is just noticing it as I don't need to take this as the truth. I don't need to follow this. I can just let it be what it is and keep doing what I want to do and keep living my life. Um and so I hope that people that are, you know, struggling with this in any way, hopefully not, can can gain something from from your change talk. And that's really the goal is to that somebody's change talk can inspire other people's change talks in in similar themes.
0: I I hope it does. That would be great.
1: Editing for this podcast is done by the lovely Atara Shields Tile. Music and theme song by Hope and Social in their album Yorkshire Electric EP with the song People Change.